Blog Talk Radio. Kia ora and welcome to the Have to Travel Show. I am your host, Helen Browns from Cruise Planners, coming to you live from Solana Beach near San Diego today. And I am super duper excited today. I don't think I could get any more excited. Well, I probably could, but then you wouldn't hear anything because I'd be jumping around too much. But anyway, I am super excited today because we have the amazing Miss Molly Burke with us. And not only that, but we get to talk about our favorite destination, which of course is New Zealand. But first, Molly, welcome to the show. Kia How are you, Helen? I am super fantastic and sparkling. How are you, Molly? Oh, I, I'm always gratified to get that greeting from you. It's sort of like a ritual that I have to complete or I just can't go any further. I am so delighted to be back with you on the radio and launching a whole new joint venture with you. I am excited. Ooh. All I can do is stay in my seat. I know. I'm having difficulty staying in my seat too because, um, yeah, there will be things flying around the room and with a happy dance. <laughs> So, but before, before we get to what has been new with you? Oh my gosh! Um, well, first of all, a um, little bit of housekeeping. We do have the chat room open, so if anybody who is listening wants to ask us questions while we're live on the air, please hop into the chat room, type your questions mm-hmm. there, and we will be able to ask them live on the air for you. Um, so, exciting. What, I know they have this little. We're so interactive; it's just amazeballs. Yes. Or if you're on Facebook, just find me on Facebook and send me um, a Facebook message that way as well, because that will work too. Okay, so what's happening? Well, I have five sleeps to go. Ask me what I'm doing in five sleeps. Okay, I'm asking. (laughs) What are you doing? In five sleeps, Casey Kiwi, who is my mascot, which everybody's heard about Casey Kiwi. If you haven't, go check out his Facebook page. Him and I are, go- are going on a big whirlwind adventure, and I call it a whirlwind adventure because on, in five sleeps we are hopping on board an Air New Zealand plane and we are flying to the Cook Islands for three nights, and then we hop on another Air New Zealand plane and we fly to New Zealand for three nights, and then we fly back home. Like I said, a whirlwind adventure. So oh, I am that was so much fun. You and Casey are going to have a great time. Now, how oh, did we you come by this have... wonderful whirlwind adventure of yours? Well, actually, one of the vendors that I work with in New Zealand Vacations turned around to me and said, hey, um, we're doing the planners trip together. And and the guy was going, and I'm, as he's telling me about it, I'm going, yep, I can go. And I didn't even know the dates. I didn't know how much it was going to cost or anything. And then he told me the dates. I went, yep, okay. Thinking it was 2016, and when I got off the phone, I thought, no, hang on, he's talking this year. We'll still make it happen. <laughs> so we are going to get to go to the Cook Islands for three nights. We're going to um, actually stay on two different islands in the Cook Islands. Um, we're going to get to do a um, an eco tour while we're down there on bicycles, which I am mm-hmm. super excited to do. Then we fly to New Zealand for three nights, and we're going to be in Auckland for two of those nights. And we've got a, and we don't get until like late in the evening. And then the next day we've got to be up super early because we're going to be on an all day tour of Auckland. Now me having lived in New Zealand. Um, my dad, a lot of my, um, basically all my, just about all my dad's family, well, while I was growing up, all my dad's family was in Auckland. So I've been huh? all over Auckland visiting relatives and stuff there before, but never done it from a tourist perspective doing an actual tour. So that's going to be something really cool. You and then have to be back. Oh, believe me, I'm taking my video camera with me. I have my, my Happy Snappy with me. I've got Casey Kiwi going with me, and we're going to have a blast. Um, and we get to do a dinner cruise on Auckland Harbour that I've never done before. Um, and then the next day we get to do two of my absolute must-see. Must, if you're in the North Island, you must-see, must-do-these two av- adventures. One of them is the Waitomo Caves where you get to see the glowworms. And the other one is the Tamaki Māori Village, which is an authentic Māori village, which is done up pre-European. So how the Māoris live pre-European. And um, it's just a phenomenal experience. And I can't wait because they also give you food as well. And the food is really, really good. Um, so I get to do that too. And then my new one is I get to go to Hobbiton. So I'm super no excited to go. No way. Yep, we're getting a private tour of Hobbiton as well. So I am super duper excited about that one as well. A private tour of Hobbiton? I am officially yes. green with envy. That sounds amazing. How did you win oh, that? I just happened to 
do very well with their New Zealand vacations because they're the vendor that I use the most for my clients' customized tours to New Zealand. Well, you are the expert when it comes to NZ. Nobody knows it and nobody does it like you do, it's for sure. And it's That's no wonder all. that your vendors love you so much. Um, did you, were you telling me that you, you're also a darling for the New Zealand Board of Tourism because you bring so much business there? Oh, I just got recertified with them. So um, through Fabulous. through the tourism through Tourism New Zealand, you can get certified as a destination specialist. So I just got, and every two years we have to renew our certification, and it's doing online classes as well as there's online courses we have to do, as well as attend either a live session on via a webinar or attend a live session in person. And um, so I just got my two year certification in. And it was all approved and everything else. So I am still a 100% pure New Zealand destination specialist. That's so cool. And that is so important if you're going somewhere that is so far away and you're not really familiar with the area yourself, to have somebody who's Mm -hmm. already an expert. And on top of it, somebody who's a native like you are is phenomenal because you've already had your eyes there. You've already had your butt in in an airplane seat and your feet on the ground. And they're oh, invaluable. Yes. Yeah. You're so the it is, bomb, it is awesome, Helen, and I'm completely I am. jealous. <laughs> so, Molly, what is, I mean, it's been a while since we've been on the air together, so what's new with you? Well, let's see. Um, since we were last on the air, I got married. Yes, we heard. And didn't we hear that last did. I got married. It was fabulous. We got married in Disneyland. In yes. Disneyland. It was I know. awesome. It was a two-hour wedding. It was two hours because we walked from land to land, and our officiant did this, you know, into the fantasy land. It was the fantasy of our love and tomorrow land for the tomorrow of our marriage. And, you know, all of that, all, oh, cool. all themed for all the lands, and we walked through it. We had a great time. and oh, It was fabulous. We eloped with, um, like, six of our closest friends who ended up being there. Oh. Uh, and we did that in November and had the best time. And there are there are Tons of pictures. If anybody wants to go to my Facebook page, it's Molly, Molly Equality Burke, and my pictures are there from the wedding, and you are welcome to go see them. We had the best time. And we did I like the little Mickey Mouse wedding veil. I like the, the Mickey Mouse ears with the wedding veils. Aren't those adorable? They love those and our little names on them. And then that night for our dinner, we went to Club 33, the very exclusive club in, um, in mm-hmm. the members-only club. And, we and how many years had you tried sure. to get into that, and you finally got into it for your birthday, and then you're back again in the same year for your wedding? I know, crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> no, it's, it, it is like so many things. It's who you know, and, you know, yep. the timing has to be perfect, and evidently my timing was perfect. So uh, being able to leverage a couple of connections really came in handy that time, I'll tell you that. And now oh, I've got I a family imagine. member who, is, who works for the mouse. So I am able to uh, uh, use the family discounts um, uh, to go and play and such. And, boy, is that fun, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we have annual passes. We have annual passes. Not that I'm giddy about that or anything, because I love Disneyland. I just love it. And that's crazy. I grew up three blocks from there. I mean, literally three blocks from there. And um, moved up to San Francisco in 77 and really didn't look back except to go back and go to Disneyland. I love it. I love it Excellent. so much. So that, was the, that, was, that happened. And, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of surprised everybody because um, nobody expected me to marry Jane. Yep. <laughs> so that shook a few people up. Um, but that turned out to be uh, so much more fun than I could have ever expected. And it led me to... The next big news. Now, I was going to wait till later on in the show, but I'm kind of go for it. Dying. I know I'm kind of dying. This I know I don't here. I have been sitting on this information for months. It has been driving me crazy. Helen can tell you because I had to call to Helen and I had to talk to her when it first happened. So Helen's already heard this, you guys. Um, this is not news to her. Um, but it is, um, it's going to be news to a lot of you, which is um, Jane and I are moving to New Zealand. Yay! <laughs> I know, right? It's 
So and the crowd cool. goes wild. I know. Like, no, right? Do you hear? Like, oh! I hear the internet exploding even as I speak. Um, so here's the dealio. I looked very quietly into immigrating to New Zealand um, some years ago, and I just couldn't manage to do it. Um, I couldn't meet the requirements. Blah blah blah. Whatever it was. And then my window of opportunity kind of went out. And then I met Mary Jane, who has dual citizenship. And uh-huh. so uh, any blocks to me going into the country have been magically lifted by um, dint of the fact that I'm married to Jane. So uh, we got to talking and decided that this was a really, really good idea. So we are doing it. Um, we're getting the house ready. We're getting the animals ready, getting all their vaccinations, um, doing all of the things we need to do, and we are going. Our drop-dead leave date is February 2016, but I wouldn't be surprised if we were gone sooner. Wow. I know. That is right. so cool. <laughs> it's so did you hit, exciting. Did you hit a big thump? Yeah, was that somebody fainting? I think I think that was everybody who was listening to the show just falling off their chairs. <laughs> it wasn't an, it wasn't an earthquake. <laughs> it is kind of amazing, and I've been and keeping it to myself, the and I haven't and... <laughs> told so many of my friends. And you know, we're keeping it kind of you know off the, off the the major interwebs for um, for some of this. Uh, we've been keep it. Well, we, we've been, we've kept it off. We, we're not going to keep it off anymore. But we've been keeping it off the interweb, and we've been keeping it um, out of like you know um, Facebook and Twitter and off of that stuff because you know jobs and things. And yeah. So we're still kind of dancing that dance, um, but things are moving so fast that now is the time to tell everybody so they can grab us up and hug us and squeeze us and. Um, and make appointments in our calendar, which is rapidly filling up because when we go, we're buying, um, we're buying property because it's so inexpensive there compared to where we where we live now, and um, and we'll have a guest house. So, coming to visit is an option, and I recommend it highly. <laughs> Excellent. And the area that I know you guys are looking at is just a, an amazing area. They have a lot of festivals and stuff on. They've got great wineries close by, and it really is a great – it's one of those um, – a lot of small towns, so you get that small-town community feel, and um, it's going to be – it's just phenomenal. Um, I am so excited yeah. for you guys. Yeah. We, thank you. And without, uh, without your support, um, this would be uh, an uh, uh, ever-so-much more daunting task um, the only thing we have to worry about now is really logistics. Everything else is pretty much sorted. Um, yep. Uh, getting a few documents in order, getting the like, getting the pets sorted. We, there's even a service that will take your pet from soup to nuts and make sure you have all the vaccinations and all of the uh, the necessary paperwork and the right uh, international crate, blah blah blah, with this and that, and they they take care of your pet and then deliver it right to the quarantine facility in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And the quarantine facility in New Zealand uh, makes me wonder if the cat and dog are going to get towel service and you know bed turned down because we want to stay there. <laughs> I'm looking at the pictures going 10 days there, and it's only 10 days. 10 days. Wow. Now, well, in Hawaii, it's the vaccinations and everything up to date, yeah. Because it used to be six months, and, and for some it is six months. So I guess it depends what country you're coming from, what vaccinations they have, haven't had, and that sort of stuff. So, um, But, yeah, it used to be six months, and I believe from some countries it still is. Yeah, but not in New Zealand. In New Zealand, yeah. 10 days. How civilized is that? Yeah, but you will get some, um, like I said, depending on what country you're coming from, where they will keep the animals for six months. Ooh. Um, well, I'm glad it's not yeah. ours. And we yeah. have the right kind of so, animals, too, because we've also noticed that there are animals you simply cannot, breeds of dogs you cannot bring in, for example, into New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're, they're breed-specific, you know, and there's some breed-adverse. Breeds I'd never even heard of, some Spanish dogs, of, of, of names I don't even know, I can't even remember, but some sort of breeds, you know, don't, don't bring them. I'm like, okay, she's part chihuahua. <laughs> Evidently, they don't have any problems with dogs who are part Chihuahua, so we win there. And uh, yeah, 
Our dog's it's a little old. He's, he's just turned 11. Mm. He's yeah, we're, we're, pounds, we're traveling so. at just the right time. Mabel's two, and Louie, our cat, is seven. Yeah. And they're both in excellent health. We had Louie checked out this morning. He's in excellent health, and he's now in line for his vaccination. And Mabel's cool. on track for her vaccinations. And the the, the service that, that we have uh, uh, secured to take care of our pets uh deals directly with the veterinarians and contact cool. them and make sure that all of their vaccinations are perfect and blah, 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 and their their microchips have to be registered with a certain thing and blah, blah, who and all that. And they take care of everything. <laughs> Sweet. Right. And, and for, for less money than I thought. Well, that's, that's that, the big thing. So know, now when that, you get to New Zealand, what are you going to go and see and do while you're there? I mean, I know you're going to oh, be able to Oh, my God, everything you tell me to see and do. So here's my <laughs> plan, Helen. Here is my devious plan, which is mine. My, my fabulous, nefarious <laughs> scheme is to talk. Before I, before I go, I am going to be a motor mouth about what it is that I'm doing to do this. And we're going to actually start up a new show. Oh, my God, people. Helen yes, and I are getting we a are. website. We've got a website where it's in the it's in process. We bought the domain. It, um, we're going to be doing blogs. We're going to be doing vlogs. Um, we're going to be doing a travel log. We're going to be doing travel books out of this, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's a biggie deal. So uh, the the show and the book and the whole series is called Cali to Kiwi. It's a number two yes. Cali to Kiwi, and. Uh, uh, we're busy designing the website and the logo and all of that stuff. Um, it's all coming. Um, in the meantime, we're going to be playing here on Traveling with Confidence until we get that stuff up and running. Um, but that's going to yes. be the headquarters for uh, the expatriate experience. Yes, it is. And, the, and planning my travel and my, my tourist itinerary. My intention mm-hmm. is to be a deliberate tourist in New Zealand. And yes. to go to these places that I've never been before and to report back to you, gentle listeners, um, and to you, Helen, and to compare our experiences and to clue our gentle listeners in on the things to do and the things to see and um, the special deals that we'll be able to get for them once I'm on the ground and working my magic over there. Absolutely. And we'll be able to do and like Because I'm planning, I've got... I have some um, a lot of itineraries that are planned out. I just don't have any dates on them. And there's all sorts of different themes ones. So there's ones to go hiking in New Zealand. Um, there's ones ah. that will food and wine. There's even going to be a chocolate tour. Oh, my um, God. They have a chocolate factory on the southern island. I about died when I heard about that. I cannot wait to go. You know I'm going to well, be that, swimming in that's in, in Dunedin. That's, Cadbur- that's Cadbury's World in Dunedin, and yes, you do get samples on the tour. But there's uh-huh. also in um, in Christchurch, there is a tour that you do that's called Bean to Bonbon. You actually get to not only see the process of making the chocolate, but you actually get to make your own little chocolate treats that you can take with you. Get out. I can make uh-huh. bonbons. You can make bonbons. I am so they take you doing from that. Bean, bean to Bonbon to it's in Christchurch, and um, I can't so that's going to be that. That's one of the things that we're going to have since the kaboom. They have, um, you know, since the earthquake, the big one, the flattened Christchurch. They've been doing a lot of permaculture and eco stuff, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm crazy for that, and all Absolutely. the alternative building stuff. Mm-hmm. So what a great excuse to go down. Take in some alternative building, take in some chocolate, do a tour. Well, you do. You do know they made one of their shopping malls. <laughs> yeah, and they made one of their shopping malls completely out of shipping containers. I'm in love with New Zealand. Yeah, I am so, so in Christchurch they have Restart Mall, and it was actually meant to be a temporary thing to get businesses, so businesses could still keep doing business. So they took this mm-hmm. piece of land, they bought these shipping containers on there, they converted them into shops. Um, and called it Restart Mall, it became so popular that the temporary the temporary mall became a permanent mall now. So they're actually going to leave it there, and so you can go there and you can have a cup of coffee in a shipping container. I totally have to do that. Because we are yeah. buying a shipping container, putting all oh, our stuff. Now, I was talking, I've been talking to bunches of expats 
because I have friends who are expats there, and I have friends mm-hmm. who are um, uh, friends of friends who, are, who have just in their own generous natures um, been very forthcoming with information about what they would do and how they would do it differently if they could expatriate again. And they keep yeah. saying, don't winnow down anything. Bring it all. And I went, mm-hmm. no, you, after the garage said, they said, no, bring it all. I said, including the stuff I really don't. They said, bring it all. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, I'll bring it all. <laughs> and evidently, because, you know, New Zealand is at the other end of the world, um, everything is hideously, not hideously expensive, but things are more dear there um, for a number of reasons. Um, shipping, you know, you have to ship it from great distances. Also, New Zealand pays a living wage to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. So things are a little more dear because people have a decent standard of living in New Zealand. And you know what? I'm okay with that. So our yep. thought, what we're going to do is we're going to take everybody's advice. We're going to buy, it, buy a container. We're going to fill it mm-hmm. full of everything. We're going to ship yep. that bad boy over and then have it put on the land that we buy and turn yep. it into a tiny house. Yes, you can. I know, right? Well, I've been researching so that the that, that building codes. New Zealand is so friendly when it comes to alternative building techniques. Yes, absolutely. They're all about uh, um, if you can do it, if you can do it green, they're all for it. The whole permaculture thing. Well, evidently, it started in Australia, which is a, a, Scott, a skip and a jump from New Zealand. So they were quickly. Um, infected with the permaculture bug, and they were on it long before the states were. And I've been, well, as you know, I grow food and flowers in my backyard, and mm-hmm. uh, the idea that I'm going to be able to have a much bigger backyard, that I'm going to be able to have a greenhouse and an orchard and all of those things, and makes me giddy. And I have connected with somebody in New Zealand who actually knows, operates a seed bank. <laughs> I couldn't see more. And the other cool thing too is that when you're in New Zealand and you're growing fruits and vegetables there, we're very fertile soil. And a lot of it, and especially if you're in areas where there were where there's been volcanoes that you know, right. even exploded. We had, I mean, when we lived in Waitara, which is 16 kilometres northeast of New Plymouth, and New Plymouth is that little bump on the side of the North Island on the west coast. Um, living there under Mount Taranaki, it's all volcanic soil and very mm. rich and. One thing that my dad that always amazed me is that you know it would be a torrential downpour, and then thirty minutes after the rain stopped, my dad could go out and mow the grass because of the drainage of the soil there because it was um you had the really good drainage, but you also had the good nutrients and everything in there because it was volcanic soil, and things just grew very, very well and I always remember my parents having really good veggie gardens and being able to grow stuff very well. I'm really looking forward to that because I'm such a grow my own girl, and mm-hmm. it, and the the uh, there are tourism opportunities around all of the eco vacationing and the um, the the building and the permaculture that I'm really looking forward to reporting back on. This is going to be yep. a tremendous opportunity to share the wealth of information that is over there, the wisdom that they've been using for years, and um, share it with people over here in the States who are doing similar things um, yep. so that we can compare notes and uh, and tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really well, looking forward to it. The only thing I think I'm really, really going to miss that I can't take with me is I can visit everything else. But the only thing I can't take with me is my mother's lilac bush from the backyard. Oh. That's and my mom's gone now. So it's it's a it's a tender little piece of her that every spring reminds me of her because it blooms and it's so lovely, it just so reminds me of her. And um I'm gonna miss that a lot. But there are lilac in New Zealand, so Yes. They don't have any dirt or anything except there are no native mammals. That's right. We have nat- we have a lot of native birds. We have some great right. birds in New Zealand. And then we've got the tuatara, which the apparently who? is from the, the tuatara. It's this big, like, um, lizard, iguana-type thing. Um, it's a reptile. Um, and um, they've dated I think they dated it back to, like, the dinosaurs or something like that. 
left over from the... I mean, it looks... It just has that dinosaur look. To me, it reminds me of an iguana. Um, but it's a, na- it's, a, it's a reptile that's native to New Zealand. And then we have an, a lot of native plants and, um, and flowers and things in New Zealand. But my favorite one are the birds. And you've got, the, um, you've got different birds. And each of these birds have different characters and stuff, which are really cool. Like you've got the weka. It's this little bird that runs along the ground. And you never leave anything shiny outside in an area where wekas are known to live because they steal the shiny stuff and go and bury it in their little treasure troves. Um, oh. and and yeah. So if you're out having a picnic and you happen to have silverware with you, they'll, they'll, if they can pick it up and run with it, they'll pick it up and run with it. Um, really? And even spoons and forks, they'll take those? If it's shiny, they will take it. Oh, intrepid things. I know. And then you have the, um, the tui, and the tui is this all-black bird that has two white feathers at its throat, and the two the two white feathers are to signify that the tui is actually a coward, and that goes back to one of the Maori myths and legends about how the kiwi um, lost its wings, um, and it's basically loosely paraphrased. Basically, the forest was under attack. The Lord of the Forest, um, Tane, asked the birds, you know, who will come down and eat all these bugs and stuff that are killing our forest. And, um, like, the Pukeko said, I'm not going to do it. I've got these beautiful bright feathers. I don't want to lose them, and my feet will get wet, and I can't have that. And the Tui was like, I ain't going down there. It's too dark. I am not going down there. And um, what was the other one? Um, and there were a few others that said different things, and then the Kiwi turns around and says, I'll do it. Um, and, they, and so Tani says, you do realize you're going to lose your wings, and you're going to have to run around. And and so they he says yep and so they um, brought the kiwi down gave him the longer beak gave, took away his wings gave him thicker legs so he could run and the beak is designed so that he can forage through the thing and if you have a look at a kiwi's beak its nostrils are on the end of the beak not at the top end of the beak up on its head like every other bird its nostrils are and it's the only bird in the world where the nostrils are actually at the end of the beak. Um, and that's so they can forage through the undergrowth and they can smell the bugs. And um, so because the Pukeko said, you know, I've got these beautiful feathers, I don't want to get my feet wet or dirty, it became a bird that is now dark blue and lives in the swamp. That was its punishment. And the toy, because it was too scared to go down there, was made into an all-black bird with the two white feathers to signify that it was a coward. And there's a whole list of what happened to the other birds and stuff. So, um yeah, but the two well, you know, had the bad, most but you know, it beautiful. also sounds like the Maori gods are kind of nice to those birds. They could have just obliterated them, you know. They could have, but when you hear the tui, you'll be very thankful that they didn't. Um, <laughs> Why if you've is that? Got a kofi, if you've got a kofi tree, which is a native New Zealand tree, it has these beautiful yellow flowers on. The tuis absolutely love the kofi, and what they and they have this most beautiful um, melody when they sing. And when I was back in New Zealand in, um, when was that last year? For my brother's wedding in 2013, um, when I was back there for his wedding, we were meant to be getting the hall set up for, we were either getting the hall set up or breaking it down from his wedding, I can't remember which. But I'm standing out, outside there, out the back, and I'm just standing there, and there's a kofi tree right next to me, and I'm just standing there listening to the tui. I couldn't see it, but I could definitely hear it. And my dad comes out and says, Helen, come on. And I'm like, shh, shh, shh. And he goes, what are you doing? I says, just listening to the two, and he's just like, and he just rolls his eyes. It's a sound I don't get to hear in the states, and I said, I'm loving this. <laughs> so I just I love going wait. outside when I'm in New Zealand and just listening to the twoies because they just got this beautiful. And then you have the moorpork, which is um, like an like an owl, and when you hear the moorpork, it really does sound like it's saying its name because of the way it hoots. It sounds like it's saying moorpork. <laughs> I rather. I am so looking forward to this. This is such a grand adventure, and at my age, um, most people are thinking about um, slowing down a bit. They're thinking about um, not their grandkids, which I have none. Um, they're thinking about uh, you know making a making a different kind of change, and I'm yeah. you know. Um, I don't know if you know this, gentle listeners, but I've never been to New Zealand. Woo-hoo. I am moving. <laughs> I know, right? It's so cool. Um, I am moving sight unseen. Well, that's not exactly true. 
because thanks to Google Earth, I have driven through the uh, the um, the mountain ranges, the uh, Rura. Yes, I I I I drove those. I drove through them because they were we were we were reading on blogs from some. I'm going to say it. We need to see people from the UK who were complaining about New Zealand. So we we thought we would read their blog and see what they had to say. And it was a sport about oh, it's terrible that New Zealand, terrible, the scary, scary mountains and scary, scary, scary. Oh, and the and the road, scary. Oh. So we thought, well, we'll go to Google Earth. Take a good look. And I'll be <laughs> if it isn't just like Northern California, which is where I live, and that the, the roads are not, I suppose, in snow, which they're having now, it would be Yes, they are. Right there on the Rumatuckas as well, and they're trying to keep the Rumatuckas open right now so people can get through to work. Right. Closed them right down. Yep, but and fun, big fun. Kids are having fun. Everybody says it's very unusual to have a blizzard in some of the parts of, of New Zealand that they're having it. But yep. um, and I'm going to be there but, next week. <laughs> oh, but you know, it's going to be beautiful and you and you know, kind of fun, right? I'm packing my winter woolies. Yeah, I've got to pack well for the tropics. I've got to pack uh, my summer stuff for the tropics for three days, and then pack my winter woolies for New Zealand for three days. Oh my god. <laughs> Are the, are the Cook Islands that far away that it really is that much difference in in, in um, it is a, um, the Cook Islands are five hours northeast of of New Zealand five hours right. it's a five hour flight they're on the they're on um, our side of the international dateline so when we mm-hmm. fly to New Zealand we will be cro- from the Cook Islands we will be crossing the international dateline it's a ten hour ah. flight from LA direct into Rarotonga which is their main island um, and so. Yes, it is going to be that much of a difference in the climate. We will because one of the things that we're doing is we're doing a cycling tour. Um, it's an eco tour, and there's three different levels you can do with the cycling tour on the on Rarotonga, and we're doing like the basic one, which is like three hours um, on and off your bikes a lot. And they and they've told us to wear our swimsuits underneath our clothing because we end at a beach. They're going to give us lunch and we can go swimming. Um, and then I know that like the next day I'm going to be wrapped up in my winter woolies as I get off the plane in Auckland. <laughs> Boy, well, maybe it won't, maybe it won't be so bad, but, yeah, maybe it won't be so bad, but we'll um, we'll just have to wait and see. But, um, no, it's going to be good. Um, New Zealand is getting a very, um, a very, a lot of cold weather right now, which is going to be phenomenal for the skiers. They're going to love it. And Air New Zealand has phenomenal airline rates going down there right now for the winter season. So, um, and Queenstown's going to love it because they've got the um, the Winter Festival coming up, and um, that's an annual event that they do every year in Queenstown, the Winter Festival, and um, there's lots of different games and competitions and all sorts of um, entertainers and um, things like that that go on down there, but it's kind of the start of the winter season down there. Um, and this year it is, um, hang on, I'm just looking up to see. Where what dates the Winter Festival are? It is oh oh the 19th to the 28th of June. So they're going to have a really good falling of snow that's going to be on the ski fields, and the ski fields will be well and truly opened at that point. And for mm-hmm. those of you who don't, New Zealand is, uh, um, has really good skiing. We actually have world class competitions in New Zealand um, for snowing, for snowboarding and skiing. And you can do things like go heli skiing in the South Island. And that's where they will take they you in your skis or your skis. in the South Island. Alps, freaking yes. Alps. And like when you're in Queenstown, you are surrounded by them. Yeah. It's amazing down there. It's so yeah, ridiculously beautiful. Here uh, is my, you know, um, when people ask me about what's New Zealand like, the best way I can describe New Zealand to them is I tell them this. I say, if you take all 50 states, put it into a landmass the size of the state of Colorado, add 60 million sheep and 4.5 million people, that would be New Zealand. Yep. So we have a little bit of everything that the states has. We've got the geothermal areas, we've got the mountains, we've got the the beaches, we have um, the beautiful small towns, the countries, the lakes. The uh, You know, we've, we have a little bit, we even have a little desert. It's it's not really a desert, but it's close enough to a desert that it's called the desert road, and we actually lose it during the winter time with the snow. Um, <laughs> that has been known to happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is a country made for adventure. And yet it, truly it is, is a country that is absolutely accessible. The people are unflaggingly kind and friendly. And I'm not just saying that because this is my new experience. This is how you will hear other people who have been there describe New Zealand natives. They are unflaggingly kind and friendly. And the, in a beautiful setting with gracious hosts, how could you go wrong? And I love skiing. Please. Yep. There's just, New Zealand has so much to offer that people often get weighed down with the options available in New Zealand. So I have that's part of what I like to do is I sit down, I get to know um get to know the people and what it is they want to do while they're in New Zealand. Because New Zealand, I mean I even had one of the vendors that I use um um for some of my luxury clients turned around to me and said, You're giving them that itinerary? And I went, Yes. She says, I wouldn't give them that itinerary at all. They're missing so much. I said, This is what they want to see and do. And um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, yes, there are other things that, yes, they may enjoy, but I get down to the nitty-gritty. What is it that you really like to do? You want to go hiking? Fine. Let's get you on some great walking trails. What else do you want to do besides hiking? You want to do some cycling tracks? We can put you on some cycling tracks. There is a phenomenal cycling track down in, um, in the South Island, and it is the Otago Rail Trail. And, my par- and it's 150 kilometers long, and my parents just got back from a three-month um, drive around that they have a camper van and they took it down to the South Island for three months and they just um, would park the camper van here. They'd go cycling or walking. They did the um, the Rockburn track, They did, which is one of the walking tracks down there. They did, um, and that was an overnight walk that they did on that, and they did the, um, the, the Otago Rail Trail as well and they took their bikes with them. My parents are in their 70s. And they were down there on this trail cycling along. Um, my parents are more active than I am, which is kind of scary in a way when I know how active I am and they're more active than I am. Um. <laughs> That's saying something. But the apple doesn't fall yeah. far from the tree, so I don't, I'm not surprised at all that your parents are active considering how much I know about you. It's it's so, heartening also yeah. to hear that there's so much is accessible to people of all ages Absolutely. in New Zealand. And you were talking about something that I really want to go back and shine a light on, Helen. You were talking mm-hmm. about getting to know your clients. And I think that yep. and, and being able to um recommend um quality excursions for them based on mm-hmm. their their personal tastes and preferences. And that's something you only get with a travel agent that you've established a relationship with. That, Absolutely. That you, it's really hard to uh, to communicate to some to some uh, uh, airline agent, ticketing agent, you know, the, the scope of your vacation when you have to hold it all yourself. And with it, with someone like you who keeps amazing files on her clients, so that you you keep track of these preferences. I know because mm-hmm. I know how you work, and that you're <laughs> you you have such an eye for detail that uh, it makes traveling more joyous. And I know that uh, much of the pleasure that is derived out of taking a vacation, and they have done studies about this, much of the pleasure that's derived uh, from taking a vacation occurs before you set foot on a plane, before you even pack your luggage. Mm -hmm. It's the planning, it's the anticipation, it's the preparation that actually does a lot for you internally and feeds the positive energy that a vacation provides. And Mm -hmm. having some ally who already knows your tastes and your preferences and who can give you a heads up when there's a special deal on cycling trips to New Zealand or the most amazing ski vacation ever, that uh, that's the advantage that you get to working with, with you, Helen, I know mm-hmm. that, that I'm going on a, on a vacation later this summer um, before we leave, um, and uh, it's a Disney cruise, and I've got family who are cast members, so I have an advantage there. But there's lots of things that I can't, that the cast members can't get to for me. And without you, yep. Helen, I would be lost. Lost. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what I have known to, to, to put a hotel room, uh, to book a hotel room the night before we leave, no. I would not have known that. 
you do. Well, it makes sense. I mean, when you're going when you're going on a cruise, and this is one thing that people don't get. Um, it's like you know we've got the crew, we've got Casey Kiwi's doing his first annual cruise in November, and we're going to be leaving out of Sydney. I have anybody who's going on that cruise. We have them coming in the day before. Their cruise fare includes a night's accommodation in Sydney, um, and we bring them in the day before. And the reason we do that is that yes, the plane does arrive early in the morning, like around six, seven o'clock in the morning. And yes, your cruise ship won't be leaving till four thirty in the afternoon. But then there's the questions of what happens if your flight gets cancelled? What happens if you miss your flight? What happens if there's a delay in your flight that you could end up missing your plane? But the other thing is, too, is that you are now flying from the U.S., so you will be flying out of L.A. to Sydney. So you fly out of L.A. to Sydney. It's about 14-hour flight. Do you really want to get off a 14-hour flight, deal with immigration and customs, then have to figure out what you're going to do for the entire day until it's time to board your ship? To get on the ship at the end of the day after doing a 14-hour flight and just be, oh, I am so tired, I can't even go to dinner or do anything. Or do you want to arrive the day before? Don't have to worry about any delays or cancellations because you've allowed for that extra time. You now get up the next morning, you have breakfast, you've got time to look around the area that you're in, you can go for a walk if you want to. You then go down to the ship, you get on. It's a much more relaxed way of starting a cruise. And to me, it just makes sense. It makes perfect sense. And if you're doing a vacation anyway. Yeah, and if you're going over to somewhere like Europe, I mean, how often do you get to go to Europe? So why not, you know, you want to go do a seven-day Mediterranean cruise. Okay, but how often are you going to get to Europe? Why not go in a few days beforehand, explore around the country that you're going to be leaving the cruise from? Um, Like I have clients, they're going for their 25th wedding anniversary. Their cruise leaves out of Rome and it ends in Venice. They're going in a few days beforehand so they can explore Rome. They'll then get on the cruise ship. It ends in Venice. They're going to spend a couple of nights in Venice. They're going to come down on the train through Florence, spend a couple of days in Florence, and then take the train down to Rome to catch their flight home. I mean, what a great way to see the countryside. So that's where, um, and most people think, oh, yep, I'll just go. And there's people who miss out so much because they're like, I want to fly, get on the cruise ship, get off the cruise ship and fly home. It's like, how often are you going to get back to Europe? How often are you going to get to Australia and New Zealand? So for this New Zealand cruise, I have one person who's going who wants to go down like about a week before the cruise leaves so she can see around Australia a little bit. Oh, will be a little bit because Australia is so idea. large. Then You're already the paying for it. You might as well go. Yeah, and we're visiting. Um, I mean, on the cruise, we're going to be sailing the fjords of Milford Sound, Delphi Sound, and Dusky Sound, which I absolutely adore and love. Then we're going to be visiting Dunedin, Christchurch, Wellington, Tauranga, Bay of Islands, and we end in Auckland. So that's six ports of call in New Zealand. But, you know, she knows that she's only going to get a little taste when she goes on that cruise. So at the end of the cruise, she's going to extend her stay by a week and go and see some of the other areas of New Zealand that she didn't get to see while she was on the cruise So she because she doesn't know when she's going to get back there again. Fabulous. That's yeah. so, so when smart and great. So when you're thinking of things like that, taking. yeah, if you've got yeah. the time, do it. And oh, and I've I've got to tell you this. I absolutely hate the term retired. Right? How do you retire from your life? No, 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 no. Just listen to this. When I was doing the um, San Diego travel show in in February, I got to spend two days talking New Zealand. I was in Hog Heaven. I tell you, (laughs) Um, I was actually in Kiwi Heaven. Casey Kiwi was there with me. We were having a blast talking New Zealand. But people going, oh well, I'm retired, so I have plenty of time. I go, excuse me, you are not retired. I said, retired is what you do to livestock. You put them out in the paddock until they die. They get retired, so you put them out in the paddock, and they basically stay there till they die. I said, you are a free timer. You now have the the freedom with your time to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, for as long as you want to do it. Oh, that is so good. Free timer. That is so. so do not mention the word when retired. When I get there, I'm me. calling it that. I am totally going to call it that. Whenever I get to that place, when I'm doing that, I will do that. I know. So I, I went to get freetimer.com and somebody already had it. <laughs> you know, I, the truth is, you know, I've been I've been free timing it for a while. We all know that. Um, I, I'm sure my, our general listeners know that if you've tuned in before that I work about 80 hours a month. Yep. <laughs> and I and I uh, and I and I own a house. And, you know, couple sports cars and it's a good life um so i've figured this this stuff out 
um, I know how to I know how to do this stuff, and that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I do the work that I do, so that other people will only so we'll have more free time, right? Exactly. Uh, it, life is made of quality experiences, my darling droogs, um, and uh, traveling is one of the best ways to mm-hmm. open your mind and uh, make yourself happy, fill yourself up with Absolutely. memories. You know, it's all yeah. you get to take with you. <laughs> Well, so one of the one of the things that I've done is that on I have a as you know I have a blog I have a blog site and it's called Have to Travel, and like the like the radio show. But on there I've actually put a and I've got to write up the counterpart for it too. Is that for the South Island things to see and do in the South Island? Um, and I've broken it down into like do you want to see scenery? There's walks in there. There's cycling. There's stuff about cycle trips that you can do in there. There's if you want adventure, if you want you know if you're a water lover, if you want to get up close and personal with nature. If you want um, just relaxation, if you want history, you know, um, if you're a wine lover, all sorts of different things that you can see and do um, there. And it's just, and that article is just a glimpse. And this is where people they they go and they read this, or they pick up a touring book on New Zealand, and they're like, oh, I want to go to this, I want to go to that. This is where, um, and I strongly advise this. I am a big advocate for this. In fact, people are starting to go back to travel agents more than they are relying on the deals online these days. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, if you go to my, I've got a couple of great cartoon clips posted on my blog site about deals online. Um, and, believe, and yes, they're done in cartoon form, but believe it or not, they are actually reality for a lot of, for a lot of places. Um, there's one about, you know, they see this all-inclusive resort for singles, and so they go off, these two young girls go off by their bikinis, they get to the resort, and it's full of single old people. And they're the they're only single, young ones. But the they're all 70, right? But the website didn't show that. <laughs> the other one is they see this fabulous cruise for $199. They book it, they get there, and there's a rowboat sitting at the pier. Not what they expected. And this is why, you know, talking with an agent is good. When you get somebody who knows New Zealand very well and um, can work with the clients very well. And this isn't just me talking as a travel agent. This is me talking for anybody. It doesn't say come use me or anything. It's if you've got a travel agent that you trust or a travel concierge, a travel professional, whatever you want to call them, go talk with them. If they do their job right, you are going to have an incredible time and an amazing vacation. If, if you um, don't, you'll wind up on a cruise like the first one I ever took. Oh, my God, <laughs> Helen. Did, did I ever tell you about this? Oh, my God. So, so a friend of mine calls me up and she says, I'm going on a cruise. It's only 200 and some odd dollars. You should go as well. Oh, Mexican Riviera. You didn't go with Adrian on her like, the Black Sea, did you? Okay, Mexican <laughs> Riviera. Decent okay. cruise line. I've heard of them before. I know, you know, I, 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 they've got pretty good reputation. They're not the worst in the world, but they're not the best. And okay, so I pay my monies and I go. And dear God, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a shakedown cruise. Now, for all of y'all that don't know what a shakedown cruise is, a shakedown cruise is when the boat has been refitted or refurbished. Um, and or brand new, which ours wasn't. It was being refurbished, and they mm-hmm. are in the middle of uh, refurbishing, and they're yep. testing new things out. But uh-huh. I didn't know it was a shakedown cruise when I bought it. And our cabin, while it was lovely, was right over the uh, engine room, where they yeah. were doing this pounding for ten hours a day. Bong, bong, bong. And I would go out to the deck to, you know, the analog deck chair to the read, the, do the thing, right, with the fabulous and the sit with the lap robe and everything. And they would be, they would be uh, uh, taking Sanders to the deck railing. Oh, no. Until I was going to lose my mind. Lose my mind. I was going to lose my mind. And half the stuff wasn't open because it was being refurbished. And the stuff oh, that was no. that they were running on was like okay, but they were like a third low on staff. It was a nightmare. It was horrible. And if I had a trial agent, they could have told me that. Yep, absolutely. Gee, that's my whole thing about you know using a um, a travel professional is the fact that 
they have your best interests at heart. A good one doesn't care about the commission check they're going to get at the end of the day. A good one is more concerned about finding the right package for their client at the right price. Um, if you've got somebody who is um, charging you a fee, then you ask them, what is that fee being used for? Now, there are some agents out there that will charge a fee before they, that will charge a fee before they start looking. Um, we are actually looking at possibly doing that, for, especially on the customized one, because we spend so many hours with the customized tours and stuff. Um, but the fee would then go towards the client's final payment. So it's See, not a I think that's a, a worthy investment. I think so too. And if they decide not to book with us, then we keep it as you know, compensation for our time. But there are some agents out there who will collect the fee up front, and that is in, on top of what the client has to pay for their trip. And to me, that hmm. doesn't seem right. Um, you yeah. know, the, the, the vendors that we use are paying us a commission. Um, so why should we get double paid is as, far, you know, as far as I'm concerned? Um, so if a client, so if a client's booking through me, and if I charge them a fee, I'm going to put that fee towards their final payment of their trip, and that way they know that you know basically they're putting down a deposit. But with me for their for my time, but come the end, that money is now going to go towards their final payment. So it's less money they it's, have to come up with. It's in really the end. not. They're not at any money, and it's just it's a good faith gesture. And exactly. I also, I think it it's absolutely professional and reasonable, and yeah. and. And you're so worth it. Because mm -hmm. if I had you, I wouldn't have been, been over the engine room with the, with the grinding thing on the Adirondack with the chairs and the deck and the horribleness and the bad tiki drinks. Um, I would have known. Um, and, and I would have gotten travel insurance and I would have gotten other things that only you have told me that I needed. Yep. Mm -hmm. And... We need we need faithful native guides, kitties out there in the world, gentle listeners, my darling droogs. Avail yourself of the professionals around you. They do this because they love it. I guarantee you, people in the travel industry are not there because they hate what they do. To I a absolutely man, to a woman, they love, love it. what I do. I, I know. I, and, and at times, I feel like I'm more excited about my client's trip than my client is. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good, and that's not a good thing when I'm more excited than they are. But my, well, it's a lovely my, thing to have someone meet you where you are with with, um, with enthusiasm about yeah. what it is that you're doing in your life. And when Absolutely. you have somebody who's enthusiastic and excited about their work, and and it benefits you, God, that is so much more bonus win on top of win. It's kind of ridiculous. My yeah. kind of ridiculous, but ridiculous. So, you know, I know this has been kind of a pitch fest for uh, uh, travel agents. And, you know, I'm, on one hand, I'm a little guilty about that. But on the other hand, uh, you know, if we can save you one nightmare by going to whomever you know and trust, if it isn't Helen, and it probably should be because she's freaking adorable. I mean, have you been listening to her? She's freaking adorable. She knows everything. <laughs> um, if you don't use Helen, use somebody. Maybe your your uh, your cousin Ginny or your uh, uncle Saul is a travel agent. Talk to them. Maybe your neighbor does is a travel agent. Talk to them, but really avail yourself of a professional. You will never Absolutely. regret and, it. And ask them what training they have done as well. Ask them Ooh. if they're certified, um, because CLIA, which is Cruise Lines International Association, they have a very comprehensive. And I will tell you, it is comprehensive. Their enrollment date just for one of their certifications is two years. Um, wow. And it can take you that just to do it. Um, there's a lot that goes into their certification. So if you've got somebody who has, if you're, especially if you're into cruises, if you're looking for somebody who knows about cruises, you want somebody that's been through the CLIA, which is the Cruise Lines International Association certification program. They have the accredited cruise counselors, which is ACC, your MCC is your Master Cruise Counselor, and your ECC is your Elite Cruise Counselor. Um, and they and you can know if they have that certification, they have spent hours and hours um, doing online classes, being in-person meetings. But not only that, they also, as part of the certification, have to experience the cruise lines. 
they have to do sailings on different cruise lines. They can't use the same cruise line to do all their sailings. They have to do a certain number of sailings per certification, and each sailing they do has to be on a different cruise line they haven't sailed before for that certification or any previous certifications. Um, I they love have to do a that. Cert- they have to do a certain number of ship inspections, and a ship inspection is when the ship is in dock for embarkation, disembarkation. The cruise line may allow travel agents to come on board, and they take them on a tour of the ship. Um, so you can either do that, or you can use a sailing that hasn't been used before as a ship inspection as well. So when you and they've, and they've had to book X number of cabins um, on cruise ships in order to make the certification. So there's not only are they doing book learning, online learning and in-person learning, but they're actually getting the practical experience as well. So when you get somebody who has been certified through the um, through Cruise Lines International Association, you know that there is a ton of work that has gone into that. Plus, not only do they have the, the theory, they also have the practical experience as well. So you know you're going to be getting somebody who knows what they're talking about. So ask about you the know, certification. If you're going to destinations, are they certified in that destination through the tourism country, through the, either the tourism board or the visitors bureau for that particular country? Because some countries do it through their visitors bureau, others do it through their tourism board. So are they certified for that destination? Oh, that's really, really good information. People, are you writing this stuff down? Yeah. You should you should listen to this call again because this is this, this show has got chock full of information that you can use. Gold, yeah. that was golden, Helen. Thank you. I am a big one on training, and for me personally, I just got recertified for New Zealand. I am working on my Hawaiian specialist certification and also my South Pacific certification um, because the South Pacific and New Zealand and Australia is where my main concentration is with people coming to me right now. It's about 70% of my business. The rest of it is the rest of the world. Um, yeah. So that's so that because people are actually wanting to go to New Zealand and then on the way back from New Zealand they'll stop off in Fiji or Tahiti or the Cook Islands or they'll go to Hawaii on their way back from New Zealand or they'll do the reverse they'll go to um, Hawaii, the Cook Islands, Tahiti, the French Polynesia um, they may stop off in Fiji on their way to New Zealand So, but most of them are doing it on the way so home. much fun but remember it's all about New Zealand ladies and gentlemen for Molly Mark in 2016 <laughs> <laughs> And we are going to have a phenomenal time with that. It is going to be so much fun. Um, and I about all the regions that we're considering moving to and what they've got going on there and what you need to go and do and see. We're going to talk about culture. We're going to talk about customs. We're going to talk about what it is to expatriate. There's so much in store for you people. I am so excited for you. But what, the one thing that I loved is that when we were talking about where you were going to be moving – is that I was, you know, it, it felt really cool because on my perspective, it's sort of like, you know, I haven't lived in the wire. I've been to the wire wrapper many times, but I've never actually lived there. But I've lived in most regions around New Zealand. I mean, for mm-hmm. those that don't know, I'm, I've lived in 13 different towns and cities throughout the country. Um, and my mother didn't realize I'd actually been to nine schools. And when I told her that, she goes, oh, what horrible parents we were. <laughs> And I go, no, it wasn't. Because every time we moved to a new a new area, then that school vacation was spent driving to somewhere near there, or you know, three or four hours. And I mean, in three hours, you can be in the, in the you can go from coast to mountain in three hours. So if you wanted to, you could be skiing. Um, in fact, you can actually be skiing. You can go from Christchurch on the beach in Christchurch and go up skiing in the afternoon in the mountains, um, depending if the, on the weather and stuff. But uh, you have that sort of um, flexibility in New Zealand and that sort of um, variety. It really is a small book down there of what you can and cannot do. Um, basically, this, somebody has to come to me yet and say, well, can I do this in New Zealand? And me go, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's really exciting. Can I go walking? Can I go cycling? And I want to do this, I want to do that. I'm like, yep, oh, you can do that. Coming up, it's going to be amazing what we're going to be sharing with you. So come back to us, and um, we will let you know about Kelly the Kiwi and, wow, there's Kelly so the Kiwi happening. Oh, yeah, Kelly the Kiwi. Sorry, yep, totally forgot that one. Well, Molly, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am so excited for you guys, for you and Jane. <laughs> it's going to be an, an amazing adventure, and I can't wait to see how our joint venture is going to go on that. And for everybody else, if you want more information, you can go to um, have to cruise 
NZ, or sorry, haftocruisenz.com um, to get more information on New Zealand, or you can go to have to go New Zealand, and the two is as the number two. So if you go to have to go New Zealand.com, you can actually set up a no obligation, free one hour no obligation planning call. Mm. So that's it from me. That's it from Molly. Until next time, mm-hmm. hey, hey, Conera. Hey, Conera.